have any of those black cherry slushies at Burger King years and years ago? No. They would make your poop turn bright robin's egg blue. Cool. Hey, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done a, a podcast stream in a while. It's been two two or three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yes, we had uh, two with the Henry... What's his face? Henry Scott. Old Hanky Scotty. Hanky Scooter. Scooter Hanky? I think it's Howard Skonky. Ah, Howard Skonky. Yes, that's my accountant's name. Oh, uh, yes, mine too. <laughs> it seems like a really uncommon name, but... Uh... <laughs> we just put out a video called how to make gore sounds like god of war chris just did it and he did such a good job this is this is dating the recording time of the episode that's okay but go go watch it please you did a good job dude that's all i have to say that's good to hear i i was pretty upset with the fact that i didn't technically get it done on time and so to have it be what i could possibly consider better than it would have been as a result of taking an extra half day, uh, it helps a little in my mind. But I guess yeah, you did a good job for real. Cause you, the best video that we have before this one is the monster sounds, hands down. Mm -hmm. I feel like you you captured a lot of what the monster sounds video has and this video as well. Do you feel like there's anything that like kind of got reinforced this time around for you, like when you were approaching this video? No. No, really? Wow. I don't. I, I don't know, man. I. These videos are such a stream of consciousness kind of thing that I don't know how to compare them. And even just to say, like, how do you feel about this video? It's like, I don't know, man. It's weird because it all feels kind of empty <laughs> after the fact. It's a very satisfying process. Like, even last night when I was, you know, 12 plus hours in and knowing that I wasn't going to get done, there was still ideas that I would have. Yeah. That would make me laugh to myself about the idea that I just had. That's good. And so it's like, it is a lot of... And there was one, there was a line I changed um, about the year 2005 because I just didn't really like the one that I had put in there. And so I just, I did laps around my bedroom for like 15 minutes just thinking of that year and then what could be funny about it and what to use there for it. And then I would like look up interesting things that happened in 2005 and just, it was a lot of brainstorming and trying to force 100% creativity like all I'm thinking about right now is how to create this thing what joke to use what is this what ends up working out and it always comes like it ends up with a, a bit of a rabbit hole where it was like the line that I wrote about the historically futuristic year of 2005 is kind of you know based on retro futurism as a concept that I'm a huge fan of and how you know it was always like back in the 60s it was like oh the flying cars and jetpacks of the year 2000 and I had a lot of different directions I wanted to try to go with flying cars and jetpacks and how we did not have them yet. You know, we're five years behind on our jetpack promises and all these other different lines about that year. And for the clip, I tried to find like a commercial for like a now that's what I call music CD, like what number it would have been. And I looked all over YouTube for that and tried to like, you know, what music am I going to put in here? And it just, I had a thousand different directions that all ended up sort of being dead ends until... I came up, and and that's the retrofuturism thing, is what you know landed me in the Simpsons <laughs> reference because I thought to myself, when in doubt, there's a Simpsons thing for this that I can fall back on, yeah. and because there's that episode of the Simpsons, Lisa's uh, when she gets married, she's being told about when she gets married from a fortune teller who tells her like this is a story that takes place in 2010, and so I was like, oh, 2010, and then you know pulled up that that episode, flipped through it. Holographic trees, that's perfect. And so 
that's where that came from. And then, yeah. you know, the Killers music <laughs> was uh, came out in 2005. And so that was the music choice that I used. And then it, well, as I put it in that spot, I, I recognized that if I timed it just right, it would line up with saying that Kratos is Mr. Brightside, which is a, <laughs> which is a fantastic joke all by itself. And so like that section, I will say from the perspective of like, how do you feel about this video compared to others? That particular section was probably my most complex joke that I've put into any of these so far. And I'm happy with that. That pleases me a lot. That's great. I, I'm, I'm curious to see where the next video essay goes. Me too. In terms of... Because I never know. How it's made, because I think that every every time we have a topic, the next video essay we're going to work on is probably one where we make crowd sounds with just like four people. And I've done this before with... You, you remember the Sketchy Monsters intro? Ooh, I don't know if I remember the intro. Actually, I don't know if I ever heard the intro, because I edited the podcasts, but then they were all without, you know, any oh, final yeah. points. And so you would probably add the intro and whatever else went under them after they got I did. edited. Just for reference, oh, <laughs> I clicked on the one that does not have an intro. <laughs> <laughs> As I was going back through the episodes to post on the live, on the public feed, I found out that episode five of our podcast did not have a secret sound oh no and so i added one and it might be one that is in a different episode and i wish that i was better at keeping track of that because <laughs> i don't want them to ever have the same one. Oh, i see so that crowd of monster sound was just me and carlos nice. in a bedroom well, so what do you just say you just yell the same thing a bunch of different ways and then put them on top of each other yeah, pretty much, except we also, I think we took a 120 degree XY stereo microphone pair, and then uh, we just went to, moved in different parts of the room, like he would go in one corner, I would go in another, or like just anywhere in the room, it doesn't matter. And then we would say, I would hold up my fingers going three, two, one, mm -hmm. and then on the on the zero beat, we would both say monsters in a funny voice. I see. Yeah, it was. it worked out really well. Um, clearly, like as you can hear, mm -hmm. um, and I'm really curious to try and do that for take like a 30 second loop of me and four other people in a room just saying random stuff. I'm, I'm probably gonna. I, I either want to have everybody who takes part read the lorem ipsum. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, text that you put it on websites. Yeah, that'd be great. Or uh, say a Nickelback song lyrics or something <laughs> like that. Some 90s uh, theme song, like, so no one told you life was ever going to be this way. There was an episode <laughs> of, it might be Laser Time and it might be Talk Radar. I can't remember how old it was, but they did dramatic readings of lyrics from 90s openings. And they did them over, like, Inception music as certain people. And Tyler Wilde read <laughs> the opening to Family Matters as Barack Obama and it was just fantastic. It was so, because it was like hyper serious and had big boomy inception music under it and it was so funny, man. It was so good. But I did do something just like that once. I, for that D&D podcast I used to do, there was a section where one of the characters was suffering from madness because they were in the Underdark and the DM had mentioned like hearing whispers or something like that and so I was like, well, what's a good way to create whispered sounds without saying words that mean something but without just going like because that's like that isn't really words sure and so i took a, a note out of portal's book and i found a german chocolate cake recipe and then i read it and then played it backwards <laughs> yeah and it was perfect yeah the the s's 
in there. And like it's 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 very interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. that that's actually great. You, you want it to be like uh, unintelligible. Yeah, it needed to sound like words without actually being any. Because you didn't want it to be a distraction. Right, exactly. And I didn't want to have to come up with something for this this thing to be saying because there was no, you know, there were no details from the DM or anything else about what the whispers sounded like. There were just you know whispering voices that you couldn't understand, and. I don't think I knew what Lorem Ipsum was at the time, or I probably would have gone that route because that's a fantastic idea. I just knew that in Portal 2 somewhere, there's a screen in an office that has a bunch of words scrolling across it, and if you go read what it says, it's a German, it's a chocolate cake recipe, and so I just kind of did that, but in a different language. I, you know, I don't know German. I just put it into Google Translate and read it as best as I could. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. I, I feel like... Um... There's a lot of fun sound design stuff, and, and you were talking about wanting to do the horror ambience yes. thing, too. Is that what inspired it? Um, no, I just, I've been thinking a lot about the question of, like, I don't know, I was talking to Akash at a meetup several months ago, a couple months ago, and he was talking about, they, they had, there was a brand new guy who just showed up um, at one for, like, the first time, and they were like, well, what, you know, what do you want to do in sound design or game design? And he didn't really have an answer. And one of Akash's little tricks is like, he's like, yeah, you do. What what kind of thing, like, what do you want to make? What do you want direction you want to go in sound design? And he's like, well, I, I would love to make sounds for Metal Gear Solid. And he's like, great, that's an answer. Because there's a lot of things about that that are make, you know, very specific to Metal Gear Solid. And that's a direction. Because, like, if you want to make sounds for Metal Gear Solid, you probably don't want to make sounds for Silent Hill. And so mm. it just helped him sort of have a realization about what it was he wanted to do with his interest in sound design in, in games. And I think about that a lot because I thought at the, when he told me that story, I kind of thought I didn't have an answer for that on, for myself. And he and I talked about it a little bit and Final Fantasy ended up being the answer that I came up with at the time. But if I had been really paying attention to what I actually want to do, horror stuff would have been top shelf like mm. david lynch style horror or just akira yamaoka anything that is like i can't compose i'm not a music guy at all as much as i wish that i was but so much of akira yamaoka's music is just sounds and the fact that they're like these unknown dissident banging noises off in the distance makes them horrifying like that's why they're so scary and that's something i always wanted to do even when we were like pitching ideas for the uh, for the sound design competition at one point it was like i would love to find a way to make like an ambience just something like a character wandering around in a dark sewer system let's just build an ambience for this area for this scene because i've always really really wanted to do horror sounds and make a room scary without there being anything in it interesting and it kind of built a little bit on the idea too for a very long time I've had this sort of fantasy of building a haunted house and having it be basically a regular house that basically makes people, tricks them into scaring themselves with like a lot of, you know, there's speakers everywhere. So there's like, you can make motion sounds like it sounds like someone's moving off to the left or like you hear a thud upstairs and then shoes and then just like all kinds of things that people don't know what's going on. And having that unknown and wondering what it could be is always, always, always going to be more terrifying than seeing something and knowing what it is. Yeah. And I've always wanted to build a haunted house based entirely off of letting people find in their own mind what is the most terrifying for them and then place that in this unknown spot of what yeah. is causing all of these problems. 
And it's all yeah, yeah I, that subtlety is built around that for sure. Yeah, I my I told you what my roommate's doing right with VR. No, no idea. He he's building virtual reality haunted houses. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, Mitch. Fantastic. Mitch, I remember from the uh, the monster video, but I've never heard oh yeah him, like, yeah talk to him yeah or yeah Mitch is uh we we were talking about this horror experience and he was building a haunted house. It wasn't gonna be like a a, a real house. It's just gonna be because if you're in VR. Mm -hmm. You just have to create the path, really, and then people will just follow that path naturally, as it like the v the virtual reality world dictates it to be. Yeah. But with that, uh, we we were talking about the sound, and he was just like, "Yeah, I want somebody to be halfway yeah. down a hallway. You just hear footsteps behind you, and it's just like you turn around. There's nothing there. It's like, oh, I hate it." <laughs> Dude, did did you ever get a chance to play PT? PT. PT was. Guillermo del Toro and Hideo Kojima were making a Silent Hill reboot like four or five years ago. And they put out a playable demo called PT that has since been erased from the world because Konami shut that whole mess down and it no longer exists. But it was like this hyper-realistic find your way out of this house that you woke up in kind of simulator and... It was horrifying. It had a, it had so much of exactly that kind of thing where it's like you're walking down a hall and then you hear someone walking like just off step behind you like you know you'd hear their foot Ugh. land like just after yours and then they'd be like whisper on like the left side over your shoulder and it is one of the greatest injustices of all time in gaming is the fact that that doesn't get to exist because it was going to be terrifying. Man. The most terrifying I, thing of all time. Even if you go look at the video now, it still is like, this would have been a gorgeous game. And so much of it was so super, super Kojima in terms of like how to figure out how to get out of the house. And man, it really was scary stuff. Wow. I desperately wish that it had existed. At this point, I think all you can do is watch it on YouTube because I downloaded it and played it several times. But if I did still have the system that I downloaded it on and it was downloaded on the system, I think it would still be there, but you can't download it anymore. It does not exist. And it's such a shame. Wow, that that's unfortunate. I'm really bad with horror games and like horror stuff in general, like movies and- I hear you. But I think that on the top of my list is definitely d doing horror games. Oh man, I want to do it so well, bad. It's, it's just like, I feel like the audio gets so much more of a spotlight too. Mm -hmm. I think that's really where you get to like control people's emotions with audio. Yes. Oh yeah. I don't know. I guess it's I guess something like something like Mario or Zelda, it's a lot more subtle, which is fine, but I think that like mm -hmm. I don't you don't get a reaction from people in something like Mario or Zelda like you do with with a horror, like what, what we were talking about, like some of the examples. For the most part, I do agree with that. I will say, however, that the music inside Hyrule Castle in Breath of the Wild was so good yeah. that I spent, you know, a long time in that game kind of afraid to go in there because it's like this thing seems horrifying and huge and it's, you know, it's got sort of these last boss jitters where you think, you know, if I go in here, this thing's going to be crazy <laughs> and it's going to be so hard. But then you get in there at first and that music was so inspiring it's like i don't give a shit what happens i'll go fuck this thing up i'll fight anybody and then yeah just the way that they that song was so good yeah and i don't know i do kind of think very specifically directed like thematically directed music is gonna get the re response that it wants to get if it's good enough but even going like 
the horror music thing too, I do agree with you in that it is still going to be the most effective form. Yeah. And I don't know, I've had this, I came up with this theory recently about the comparison between darkness and light in, in terms of the way people feel, like happiness versus sadness. And I, I visualized it as an iceberg where like you've got, you know, the top of the iceberg sticks out a little bit above the water and then it goes down and gets wider and then it goes way down and like the depths of darkness in humanity that you can experience or think of or understand just seems like it's always going to be way way deeper than you can get in happiness and that's one of the things that i find so appealing about darkness and sorrow and sadness and like all that because it's like it gets it can get so dark and ugly the deeper you get and like happiness just doesn't go as high up as darkness goes down and i love it i don't know why but it is I, one of my favorite things and i love that about it i actually don't know if i agree with that i kind of feel like there mm. are some games i'm trying to think of something that like have you have you listened to the sound design in peggle no it's an interesting thing <laughs> right no i yeah i i was kind of questioning bringing it up but it's the sound design in peggle is kind of it's not necessarily just the sound design, but it's also just the general experience of the game. Mm -hmm. And the sound design really does a good job of, like, the feel-good moments mm -hmm. are really, really feel-good in that game. Where, I don't know, I guess it's like, I feel like horror games know that you have to use audio to your advantage. Mm. And most happier games, if we want to classify it as that. Sure. It's not that they don't need it. It's just that if they did use it, it would be killer, and it would probably elevate the games themselves, but... I can't, I mean, I think I know what you're getting at, though. Like, if you were to take the music, if you were to play a happy game in silence, it'll probably still be fun. But if you play a scary game in silence, it'll probably lose a lot of what makes it scary, and it'll just be boring. Right. I, well, I also think there's it's like a, a sound design meta choice currently mm. that horror needs good audio, and... I see. It's a little bit of both, like what you just said, and a little bit of that. But I still think you're right in that horror, the the uh, the deeper the reliance. Yeah, yeah. What what goes deeper, the darkness of dark or the happiness of happy? Uh, yeah, and maybe that's just something coming from me as like a historically depressed person who <laughs> spent a very long amount of time in a very very bad place, and I'm like, well, now you know things are a lot better now. But I I have yet to see the kind of happiness that would stare in the face of that darkness you know i just and maybe you know maybe it'll come and in 10 years i'll be like oh yeah that was all crazy this is way better and again this is better anyway but you know the, the, it's still there's still an imbalance there in my experience with living but it just at the same time like if you think about music and movies music especially the best music comes from when people are in their worst place <laughs> which sounds i mean it seems awful but no i mean that's like don't they always say like the worst thing to happen to a musician is like getting married and having a kid just from the perspective of having things to sing about right. because now everything's just going to be happy. Like Blue October is my favorite example of this because like Blue October's first three or four albums are the darkest, saddest, angriest music in the world. And now all their stuff is like, oh, he's singing about his daughter who he loves and everything's working out all right. And it's like this... And it's just, I don't know, it just isn't as good as it used to be. And it could be a correlation issue, too, where it's like, even if he was still sad, 
musicians tend to have a harder time being as good when they get older for, older for one reason or another in terms of like what i don't even know just you know i'm that's pretty common to think right as musicians get older their relevance kind of dies off and they just don't have what it takes to make music as good as it used to be for them debatable it's it's tough yeah that's a really tricky subject actually but i think it depends on what the and it depends on who you're who you're talking about too because you could take yeah i kind of feel like you can figure out music personally and i think that you can like you you are right like i i think that there is like an element to like it coming from the soul Mm -hmm. but i think that there's also you can disconnect from yourself and just connect to your music alone and kind of like become in sync with the music that you're creating regardless of where you are in your life hmm. that's kind of how I feel anyways with my music when I create it because I don't I don't I think I've been depressed in my life but I don't I think that the music that I make now is just as good as the music that I've ever made I'm also not a lyricist though I'm mostly making video game music so I, I don't know if you can yeah. compare it no I don't yeah because I feel like yeah generally speaking I had recently been given the impression that because for years and years and years, as somebody who's never written a single stitch of music, I didn't know whether or not music came first or lyrics came first. And then it recently, someone was like, obviously lyrics come first all the time, duh. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that too, that does make sense. Lyrics come first, it sets the tone of the song, and then you write the music around it. But then I talked to somebody else who said that that's not always the case. So I don't know what the, I don't know what's going on. It, yeah, we had a we did a live stream with Josh where we talked about that. Oh, that's probably where that came from. I think I said that. It, I think it depends on what the musician themselves value more. Hmm. It's like I value I value music over lyrics. Oh sure. So I make the music first. Yeah, that makes sense. So I I kind of feel like it runs that way. <laughs> I also feel like it depends on the talent of the musician as well. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a real thing. My friend Patrick. Yeah. My friend Patrick was hitting me up the other day about helping him write a song. And he's very much a music first, lyric second type of person. And he wanted to write, I don't even know. I, he, it, was, it was a pretty vague ask. But he's always notoriously had a really hard time with writing music that ends. He always finds <laughs> himself like escalating it. And then it keeps going and going. Oh, and he's man, like, this... I don't know how to end this song. <laughs> This song is 300 minutes. I just don't know where to go. Exactly. And all, I just added another instrument. Now I've got hurdy gurdy. Somebody stop me. And, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't want to say that he's not talented because I think he's a lot more talented than even he thinks he is. But it is an interesting problem. The music's, music first versus lyrics first and what generally leads to what. Yeah. I I don't know how we got here, actually. And, and I think we were also talking about like the music behind horror stuff and like the just like how things feel to certain people and i guess to kind of try to bring that back around like and one of the problems that i've had with with being able to do horror sounds for games is that so often the things that make those types of games scary atmospherically are more a part of the music than a separate you know atmospheric track like especially with yamaoka as an example like he's got a lot of this really like trip-hop style music but in the tracks themselves you will hear what is generally considered some of the scariest stuff during that part of any game and it's like well if this is going in the music what's left for sound people to do um that's that's just a a a choice you know to focus music over sound right but i'm just saying that the sounds you know the atmospheric sounds that make those types of games the scariest tend to be more considered music than sound even if it's like you know someone Hmm. banging a metal door shut 
You know, there's a couple of songs in the Silent Hill 3 official soundtrack, for example, songs in there that are, you know, the first half of them is just like Gregarian throat singing with things banging around in the back. Then it barely counts as music on its best day, but it still gets to be part of the soundtrack as music versus being just atmospheric noise. And I don't know if that's, I imagine to a certain degree that is a, a signature of Yamaoka specifically, but that also does seem to kind of be the case when you're dealing with horror and suspense in terms of music and sounds and that they go together in a way that doesn't seem to be the case a lot of times for other types of music and games. No, it's true. And, and with a lot of music and man, I, if I were, if I were doing a horror game, I think I would probably, I don't think I could prioritize the music. I think that I would, I agree. I don't think I would either. And I think that, but I feel like what would happen is that I would make a bunch of sounds that are like distant and atmospheric and dissonant and all these other things that make them indirect. And then they, because I'm the one that's in charge of this, if in this fantastical situation, and I'm not a composer, those things would all be not part of the soundtrack. And the soundtrack could be like, you know, ethereal tones and like the water harp or whatever the shit. And, and maybe that's the difference. It's just a specific way of separating those things depending on who you're working with and the type of game that you're doing. Yeah, no, it is. You could totally ride on the music and make it work. Mm-hmm. I, I would want it to be like raw and realistic mm-hmm. if I were doing a horror game. Like I feel like music would be a crutch Interesting. In, in a horror game. Because if you're doing music, yeah, music can drive your emotion, but I feel like what would draw, drive your emotions more is like microdynamics, which you, it's hard to get with music mm-hmm. specifically. Like just like the difference between like two different rhythm beats and, and like somebody banging on a metal door yes. or something like that. Like you can't get that with music. No. And and also music messes with the sound dynamics of something real and raw like that. If there is something, a, a whisper behind you or something mm-hmm. like that, like the music. That's true. I mean, the, I think you can have music stingers. I think that I would still classify that as sound design a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that maybe that that is kind of like I feel like. The overarching complaint that I have here, or at least question, is in horror specifically, there's a really blurry line between music and sound effects. Because like you just said, a stinger was probably going to be made orchestrally, but would be more considered part of the sound design than the soundtrack. And I agree with that. Yeah, no, I think so too. And, and I think that with something like sound design... If you just have a, a like a sound or a song playing underneath something, mm-hmm. and then you, I mean, music, especially when it's like rhythmic music, it can't be as immediate as sound can be because there's an expectation for a break in rhythm. Mm-hmm. Although, music in horror games can also be in its own sort of bubble, in that sense where you can you can break a lot more rules with horror music. Yeah. In terms of like music theory and like time signature and mm-hmm. anything like that with music. Yeah, like to go I just yeah, to go back to the Silent Hill example, like if you go listen to the Silent Hill 3 soundtrack, which I think is probably the best one, in terms of like songs in their purest, cleanest, most well-defined form by everyone who has ever heard a song, there's probably two songs on every soundtrack and everything else is this really weird muddy middle of the road is it music is it not is it sound made with (laughs) instruments 
but like full on time signatures with instruments and singing. There's only a couple of songs that are actually songs and the rest of it it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I hit my guitar against the wall and I happen to be holding an F sharp in my hands. So what is it is it a song or is it not? <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. And and even with sound design itself, like sound design does have pitch driven sounds. Mm-hmm. As many of you will hear in our uh, sound challenge for January that we did. Oh god. Good luck with that one, everybody. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one. I but I think that the video assisting it will be. Yeah, but yeah, I wasn't super happy with my entry for that. But <laughs> that's okay. You, you were busy. Yeah, I mean, you didn't. That's true. You didn't I could have spent time. days and days on it. I just was like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I sort of was thinking that I could dedicate the same amount of time to it that I would to a normal in- entry in the competition and have it work out the same. But it's, it can be done, and it, apparently, according to you and Brian, it can be done pretty well. It just takes a lot of work because those sounds are awful. <laughs> those, yeah, those source well, sounds are designed to be really tough to work with. And hopefully, hopefully the video we put out will will have. I mean, it's going to be out way That's ahead true. of this being done. But um, <laughs> or actually, this is this podcast episode is probably going to go out right before it for the game audio training series. It'll be out. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. If you want to get these when they come out, go to that. Otherwise, we'll see you in ten weeks. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody, yeah, to the zero people listening, right, currently as we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Nobody's here, yeah. which isn't really a big surprise. It's Christmas week and all this other mess, but yeah, that was one thing actually that I did think about in the middle of this episode is that the gore video that went out might be affected by that. Probably, maybe. yeah. I bet it. I had. I bet it has a late uptake as you know once the first week of January comes by and goes away, it'll start to people pick it up. It's doing better than. All of our other videos, analytics, like in terms of our views and stuff, but I mean, That's we'll see. fabulous. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's like it's at 108 right now, and usually it's at 23 or 24 at this point. Oh wow, that's fabulous. Yeah, so it's doing, it's doing solid for sure. Um, but anyways, uh, shall we wrap this up? Yeah, let's do it. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. All of you listening currently uh, on the stream. All of you li- yeah, listening currently on the stream. All zero of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christmas week. I swear. It, it's usually bumping. I swear. Yeah. Any minute now. But if yeah, if you guys want to hang out with us uh, for future streams, come to the Bloop Sounds Discord server. And again, if you guys want to learn some sound design and some of the cool things we're talking about in this podcast episode, go to the description on the blip where the blip sound site says the podcast thing <laughs> and you could get a free course <laughs> that's a lot like when people give you directions to their house and like if you get to this gas station you've gone too far and it's like don't tell me to look for stuff i'm not supposed to look for yeah just like on sats it's just unnecessary information <laughs> like is the answer for that it's funny you've done it so occasionally in the game audio training series videos where i'll you'll say something and you'll be like describing it how this whole process of something works and you're like but we're not going to do anything like that and then <laughs> and then i just cut it all out because it's like come on <laughs> uh yeah I but really, it's fine it's just funny yeah i usually I, I do that to spark ideas in people in terms of like sure to be a little bit more creative i guess but yeah that's it thanks for listening everybody we appreciate y'all and uh yeah uh catch you guys next week see ya hi everybody it's me vsauce <laughs>